Welcome to the freak show, here we go. It's just another freak show, here we go. I said, Welcome to the freak show, here we go. It's just another freak show, here we go. Welcome to the freak show, here we go. It's just another freak show, here we go. Welcome to the freak show, here we go. It's just another freak show, here we go. Mercer, thanks for sitting down for this interview. I oh, appreciate you having me. It's great to so be here. So we just Brady. finished this awesome course on Google Analytics for nonprofits. I say we, but you did all the work. Dude, I couldn't have done it without <laughs> your incredible direction. So thank you for that. There it was. Go. It was a phenomenal experience. So I want to talk a little bit more about the course, but sure. you know, at a broader level, what is Google Analytics and why is it so important for nonprofits and growing generosity? But before that, how in the world did you get into Google Analytics and become this wizard of Google Analytics? It's like this origin story. Was that your dream, right. you know, a young I, boy? From, a, from the time I was seven, I thought, <laughs> oh, I'm going to master this platform. Yeah. So the way that we came into it is I actually created a, a WordPress site that showed people how to build WordPress sites. It was a membership site. It was my first little online experience. Mm -hmm. And that led into people saying, well, this is a lot of work. Can you just build a WordPress site for me? So we started doing that and I built a company that actually created that. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do was separate ourselves out. And so I decided, well, instead of, you know, because a lot of people built WordPress sites, mm -hmm. I wanted to separate ourselves out and say, well, I'm going to optimize WordPress sites. Because mm -hmm. optimization was not a thing back in the day. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden it became sexier the US with conversion rate optimization. So yeah. it's like, okay, we're going to be optimizers for WordPress sites that we build. Mm -hmm. Well, in order to optimize, in order to make things better, you sort of have to know where you are. Mm -hmm. So we thought, okay, well, there's this thing called analytics. We'll just throw that on the pages, right? That's going to tell us where we are. So we got in and we started using that and we started learning like, okay, you can't just throw it on the page and then start using it. You have to set it up. It <laughs> right. requires some preparation. So we started doing that. We started getting better at it and better at it. And then we were obviously working on optimization, mm. but we would go back and we show our clients and say, oh, here's in analytics, this is where it tracks your leads. Well, in analytics, this is where it tracks your revenue coming in, yeah. right? In analytics, here's where you can tell you the traffic sources from that most recent campaign. Yeah. And so we kept doing that and they would be like, okay, well, let's, uh, you know what, forget about the website, go back to that analytics <laughs> thing, like show us that. And all of a sudden we started getting referrals. We've always been good at getting referrals, but they came from people saying, oh, go, you know, we want you to build a site. Those referrals started becoming, hey, you were talking to such and such, a friend of mine about their analytics. Can I show you my analytics? Can you maybe take a look <laughs> at that? And so we want, okay, there's a pivot here. Yeah. Like nobody was really teaching this and nobody was doing the way that we did yeah. to really help make it useful. And so we went through and we really started doubling down on that. And that's how measurementmarketing.io was born. Amazing. Well, and that's definitely been my experience with Google Analytics, like, uh, you know, marketing director and working in digital. And so needing to know Google Analytics, but having no idea and especially not knowing where to turn, right? So you go to... You Google, Google Analytics, exactly. and you get all these different results, and it's like two in the weeds, and it's really hard Some to Some of know. them are four years old, and you're like, it doesn't look like this at all right yeah, now. Yeah, like, it's no so idea. complicated, whereas yeah. the reason why we partnered with you on this course is you have this great framework that you walk through, mm -hmm. and so much of it starts with actually how to set up. Yep. Before you even get to like reading reports and like managing it, it's actually all the legwork. That was like the big aha moment going through this course. So. Yeah. Why is that so critical and crucial to actually using Google Analytics? So people should know what Google Analytics is. Maybe just give them the quick, what is Google Analytics? And then talk about why the preparation is such a big uh, problem that organizations face. Sure. So for those that haven't used Google Analytics, like Analytics is really a platform that you can use to collect 
and store and then ultimately build reports mm -hmm. on the behaviors that are happening on your site. So you can see what traffic sources are causing traffic to come in. Mm -hmm. You can see what the results of that traffic are. You can start to measure conversion rates. Like that's what analytics can tell you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's an incredible platform for that. Right. The challenge is, and I, and I think we started the same way to be honest, like everybody I think starts this. It's so easy to turn it yeah. on, right? And then you see information coming through and you're like, oh, reports, like yeah. let's go look and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, well, and I've heard this a lot. It's like, if only I knew mm. how to like search through and hack through that data, I could find the thing that's gonna make me a super marketer, mm -hmm. right? I can think, I, the thing that's gonna make me a hero for my company. If I only knew how to, you know, read this report in a certain way. And you have this idea that there is a hidden story in analytics. Mm. And, and that I understand, because again, I was the same way when it came to that. And then I realized like, it's only hidden because it's not prepared in any way, shape or form. Right. So if you literally took a, a storybook like Goldilocks and the Three Bears and you rip out the pages and I switch the order around <laughs> and then I give them to you, right. that story is a hidden story. My son does that by the way. There you, yeah. So you know, exactly, you've been challenged with this before. Yeah. So you have these hidden stories and that's what it is. The information sort of out of order, doesn't look quite right, isn't the right format and it's yeah. harder to read. But if you take the time to say, okay, well, I'm gonna take the order of the pages and I'm gonna you know, numerically put them together, all of a sudden that story becomes right. simple, right? It, you don't have to, it's not that you became a better reader, yeah. right? Your reading skill is the same. It's that now it's easier to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what the preparation of Google Analytics is so important because all of a sudden the reports aren't cryptic anymore. They tell a story and you go like, oh my gosh, like I actually know exactly what's going on. I know the results I'm getting and I know how I'm getting those results. So I know to stop doing things that aren't working and to start scaling things that are. Yeah, well, and like everyone that we work with and when we teach, we try to teach from a stance of data. Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, once you understand data, strategy is relatively easy if the data is clean and yes. you have an idea what you're looking at, right? It's actually yeah. fairly simple then to say like, oh, well then this is what we should do. Exactly. So even data interpretation is really only a problem because you're often dealing with poor or unclean right. or you shouldn't have incomplete. to interpret it. That's yeah, the it idea. Should be it shouldn't be a lot of energy. It should just be right there in front of you if it's so right. So how do you get people to buy into the fact that like, okay, you're gonna have to take some extra time, mm -hmm. really understand, you know, commit to a certain UTM tagging structure, you know, mm -hmm. updating your report, staying on top. How do you get that kind of buy-in? Because I'm sure a lot of people will go through the course and be like, oh, but you know, I need a report this afternoon. Like yeah. how can we kind of win that almost cultural battle to say this is so critical. Have you had any success or do you run into that or how can we yeah, do that? Yeah, there, there it's a really good question. So there's, there's two answers to that. One is there is a, a truth to the slower you go, the faster you get there hmm. in a lot of ways, right? Otherwise, hmm. what you end up doing is spinning your wheels over and over again, looking at report, trying to slice and dice data. Right. And every month, 18 like, weeks yeah, and now exactly. you're still not any improvement, really, because right, right, right. you couldn't take any action. But if you had gone slower and take the setup and waited until the second month, all of a sudden you get actual insights you can then take movement on right. and you can build momentum. And so, and that brings me to the second part, which is you get good enough to get going. Mm. You don't think about it in terms of like, I don't have time for this complete setup. Because my question to you would be like, what do you mean by complete yeah, setup? Right. Just start using UTMs for Facebook traffic. Right. And then add UTMs later for email traffic. And then all of a sudden you're going to start to get addicted to that. And mm. you're like, what else can we UTM? Yeah, what else yeah. can I determine this traffic? And then you might change how you UTM because you want to answer bigger questions now. And all of a sudden you go, well, well, how is that traffic working? You're like, oh, I don't have any goals set up. Okay, well now I'm gonna add goals. Yeah. So it's not about sitting down for 12 hours of preparation. Yeah, it's yeah. about getting good enough to get going. And then you answer the questions at that level. And then when those bigger questions come in, you go, okay, well now we're going to mm. improve things so we can get those answers. And that's how that whole process works. It's all about getting momentum. And that's a, a very popular way to get out of that cycle in your head yeah. is you think, okay, Am I being perfect or am I just need to get good enough to get going? And get good enough to get going, you cannot go wrong. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that's what we often talk about with testing too, is like, that's don't exactly worry about right. running the absolute most that's perfect exactly test, right? right? But just start testing. And then people do get addicted. They go, oh, that was actually pretty easy. Or, yeah. oh, that was pretty cool. I and wonder then, what else I could yeah, do. Yeah, and then you the get excited about it. Right, right. no, that right. makes sense. 
What are, what are some of maybe like the, the common problems that you see, you know, nonprofit, for-profit, big, small, just kind mm-hmm. of common problems that people have with Google Analytics? Maybe more precise, so like setup and planning is a problem, but like what are some of the more... Like within you know, that. Yeah, within yeah. that. Once they get going, what are some common things you see all the time? Yeah, I would say typically what I would see that I can almost... It's the things like, okay, if you had to bet money, what would you see back there that's going to be a common thing? It's going Pretend to be... Pretend I asked you that question. Perfect, I love it. Yeah. Good question. Thank Good you. Good question, Brady. So the, the first thing I'd say is if I, would, if I go into the back end of their analytics, so if I go into their admin setups, and I look at the views, chances are they're gonna have one view. Hmm. And it's gonna say all website data. Right. Because <laughs> that's the default view. Yeah. Right? And nobody really knows to change that or to think about changing that. But really, you need to have three views. And you need a backup view, you need a testing view, you need a production view, the actual one that you make decisions mm-hmm. off of. Now, why do you need three views? The reason is because you have all of these things that views can do that you don't know they can do. Mm-hmm. Things like filters. So you can create one view that talks about a specific, maybe a, a certain donor journey that's coming through, a certain event. Maybe you have certain goals around that event. Well, that view can just talk about that version of the story. Yeah. And that's it. You've got another view where your team is in there testing things and making sure your site's working left and right. They want to be able to measure and track themselves. And that's maybe your testing view. And you've got another different production view that might be set out there to make sure you're tracking your email campaigns and there's goals around email campaigns mm-hmm. so they need a view. Yeah. Right? And so like in our case we have I want to say probably eight or nine different views that we use for production. Mm-hmm. And it's because each of those views is telling a different story based on the product and the questions yeah. that we're answering. Then we have our testing views where we're tweaking and stuff right. back there. And why do we have testing views? Because we mess stuff up. <laughs> right? Like you're going to and it yeah. happens all the time. But if we messed up in a testing view, it doesn't matter because it's a testing view. And then we have the backup view. And why do we have the backup view? And there's only one of those. The reason we have the backup view, and it shouldn't be, there's no filters, there's no goals, it's not being used for anything, right? It's just pure raw data. The reason we do that is because that is our in case of emergency break glass, right? That's how we look at that. So if we mess something up in our testing view, but we didn't realize it, and then we roll that filter out to production, and all of a sudden half our data gets deleted, and then we're like, oh, we can't get it back because you can't. Then you have your backup view, yeah. which we've never needed, fortunately, but that's why we have it, so that we don't need it. It's like yeah. an insurance policy. We actually had a client that uh, had set up a view, because you can include and exclude people. They wanted to basically say, okay, we want to exclude our team. Because they had this nice, large team, about 100 people, and they were messing up their sites right pretty mm-hmm. quickly. It's like, we're really good at this conversion rate of this funnel. It's because a lot of their team are testing it, <laughs> and it's skewing the data. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, okay, we're, we're going to go through. They learned about filters. They set it up. And so, and they did a good job, right? Set up the filter, get it through. They come back a couple days later. They're like, well, let's look at the analytics again. There's like 150 users. And they're like, that's weird. So they went from thousands and thousands of people down to 100 people. They're like, what's going on? They go back to the view and they see it. And then they call us. Uh And they're like, hey, you guys know analytics, right? We're like, yeah. (laughs) And they're like, well, here's what's going on. And uh, it turns out that we were trying to exclude our team, but we included our team. And we hit include and exclude. Just an internal view. So instead of just having the world, we basically just had us. And so they lost all that. So they, and they oh. had one view. It was oh, all website no. data So view. it's all gone. It's all gone. So they came back and they were like, well, how do you get that back? Like, like we're going to, you know, like, well. You hop you, in a time machine. You can't, yeah. Exactly. I was like, you can't. <laughs> it's gone. And if they had had multiple views, right. that would have been okay. So that's why we recommend multiple views because just even for that reason alone, right? Yeah. And that's why it's good to have testing views because you can play around with stuff and not get attached to the result. You can have fun with it. You can relax a little bit. It's not such a, a real uh, freak out moment yeah. for people. Well, even that, even just like watching go through the course, mm. uh, there's all these little things that are so hyper practical. Yeah. So even that one, like one of the problems that we had is we ended up adding goals and goals and goals and soon we had like... Ran out of goals. So many goals. We had to like eliminate goals where it's like, yeah. why don't we just create a new view that's, that's exactly really right. focused on just downloading. And every set right? of goals is really trying to tell a story, right? Around performance and results. Yeah, and, and so how we're like, how do we create layers? And that's then exactly we had right. like different sites. And so now it's like, yeah. oh, we can use views. Yep. Right? And so like, 
you know, us and our team, it's not like we know nothing, yep. but there's some of these basic things that make so much sense that a lot of times you don't even know that they exist. Yep. I think that was a common theme too of, you know, you're saying things that people haven't even heard of. They don't even know it's a thing. Yeah. 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 And again, I was the same way for years. I used analytics, not knowing what the filter was. Right. Right. Because how, how are you ever going to learn that? Yeah. It needs to be somebody saying, well, here's what you do and here's how you actually yeah, use this totally. tool to answer a specific question. Yeah. As opposed to like, here's a button you can press because you're like, yeah, I'll press that later when I need it. Yeah. But you never understand the context of it, which yeah. is why I really like doing the course because it helps puts it in context to say, okay, here's why this matters to you. Yeah. So uh, the what you know about nonprofits and working through this course, like mm -hmm. why do you think is a bigger barrier for nonprofits or maybe what are some unique problems or challenges as it relates to analytics specific to nonprofits? Do you I think, think I have my own opinions, but I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'd, love to, I'd love to know if I'm right. So here's, <laughs> yeah. here's my theory. All so right. if I'm a nonprofit, I'm, I'm gonna make the assumption that resources are limited, mm -hmm. right? So resources Pretty in terms safe, of yeah. money, resources in terms of people, and so I've gotta get the most bang I can for the buck. Mm -hmm. So whatever activities I'm putting out there from a marketing perspective, I need to know that I'm getting the most I possibly can from them. Yeah. How do I do that? guess, yeah. right? Hope my gut is right. right. Hope that you know, somebody tells me about it. No, I need to be able to measure that with something that's objective. And that's what's great about analytics is you can set that up and say, okay, did this actually work? If not, great. Stop doing that. Try something else. Yeah. And all of a sudden you try a bunch of different things. And what I love about the marketplace is they are very, very obvious, I think, when it comes to what they like or not. Hmm. They're either giving you a high five or they're telling you to you know, hmm. try again. Right. And if you're not sure which one, they're trying to tell you to <laughs> yeah. try again. They're just being polite about it. Right. right? So you go and try different things. And all of a sudden, analytics will light up and say, bam, now you got donations. And then you can start to say, well, that's great. How much? And they'll say, well, here's how much. Yeah. Oh, well, what's my average gift amount? Oh, it's right there. And all right. of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay. And then you can start, well, I wonder if there's a difference between Facebook average gift amount and my email's average gift amount. Analytics is like, sure, here it is. And all yeah. of a sudden, there's a story and you go, okay. Like, now you've got more visibility. Instead of wandering around this cave of darkness where you have no idea what's going on, you're stumbling around trying to figure out what's working and what's not. Yeah. You're able to see things. You look around and go like, okay, I've got a whole new world of possibilities. Yeah. And though we're a small team, we've got limited resources, we can still make stuff happen and do good in the world. Yeah. Well, and it's such a big opportunity because so often on the digital side, it's like, well, you know, my bosses won't invest in professional development or yeah. uh, Facebook advertising. And part of the reason is, well, like, make the case and they don't make the case based on data. So then why would they give you, That's you know, exactly more right. professional development? Why would they invest more in digital? So it's, it's kind of like a, a chicken egg type situation. Yep. You know, it's like, well, I need the money and the resources to know what to do to get the money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly But it's right. such a big opportunity for us to actually better understand donors and prove value, whether it's to our bosses or whoever it might be. 100%. And I think that's why we were so interested in creating this course when we were like, you know, what's the next course we should build? We've been talking about it for years mm -hmm. because we also see how few nonprofits actually use Google Analytics well. Yeah. Like really large, sophisticated nonprofits, no revenue or e-commerce data in it there It tends to be pushed under the rug a lot. Yeah. Right? It goes back to those errors that you see all the time. It's all website data is the only view people have. Yeah. It's they're not tracking their traffic properly, right? Also using common. UTMs or using UTMs in the right structure. Yeah. And it's not having results tracked. Yeah. So what else are you going to see? You're going to see what pages are lighting up. Yeah. And then of course, what do you do with that? Yeah. And that's what happens with analytics. People go, well, yeah, I looked at analytics. I have no idea what it means. I couldn't really take any action. So we decided to come back to it later. Yeah. Like it's going to mysteriously be better now. Right. Right. Because you haven't gone back and updated it. Yeah. Right. And that's why it's important. And to your point, when you know the conversion rates, then you can go to your boss and say, listen, I need to take this Facebook course because here's what our conversion rate right is. Right. Right. So I, if I can get it to double that by taking this course, it'll turn into this. So now you can start to say, well, here's what I think will happen if you do offer this training. And you can make a case again based on numbers, like you said. Yeah. So for someone who's you know listening or watching and they're like, eh, maybe I'll take this course, maybe not. What's kind of like the, here's why you should take this course? 
Here's why I should take this course. I'll yeah. say because the, the whole idea behind this course is so that you can measure your results. You're going to know what results you're getting, and you're going to know how you're getting those results. Mm -hmm. And I think I like keeping things simple. To yeah. me, there's only two types of numbers. It's a results number or it's a how number. Mm -hmm. That's it. So it's going to be what results I'm getting. It's going to be where I'm getting those results from, what the conversion rates are, or how I'm getting those results. So I'm going to know the donor journey. I'm going to know the donor journey through different traffic sources. I'm going to know and be able to predict and forecast mm. how my email is going to perform. And that's kind of my favorite part about this. Is mm. Once you have this idea of, well, here's how email works for us, or here's how our Facebook campaign performs, you can start to say things like, and here's how it should perform next week, yeah. right? So now instead of saying, oh, well, let's look back all the time and see what happened, you can start marketing forward, yeah. right? And so you start marketing forward and you start saying, okay, here's what should happen next week. Next week, we're gonna get a thousand people in our Facebook campaign. Yeah. Of those thousand people, a hundred are gonna become leads and email signups. Of those, you know, maybe 10% become donors at at least a $25 average gift amount mm -hmm. because that's what's happened before. Then you can measure against that and mm -hmm. see if you're right. And instantly you see what's not right. Yeah. And now you know where to optimize and you know the exact step. But you have such a solid understanding of how your machinery is working now, then in, in, a, in kind of a weird way, it almost gets boring because all the drama goes out. You don't have to guess, <laughs> you don't have to worry, you don't have to fret. You know exactly what the issue is. Now it's just like, okay, how do we fix that particular step? And you, now you just get to focus your creativity on coming up with new ideas, again, to sort of do that, serve that greater good. Cool. Well, I'm personally excited to go through the whole course. I had to step out for a few sessions, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I want to shift gears a bit. One sure. question we ask to a lot of people like yourself, and it's kind of a you know tangential question, but when it comes to generosity, mm -hmm. how do you as Mercer think that we can grow, improve, and optimize generosity? How do you grow and improve generosity? That's a great question. So I think uh, for me, I would, still, I would still come down to measuring it. And mm -hmm. I know that's going to be kind of a cliche answer probably no, coming from me. It's your but answer. It's how, how do I know that it was achieved? Like I need to know that. That's just in my nature. I need yeah. to know that when I, when I say something happened, it actually happened. So for me, I want to be able to measure that. Mm -hmm. So that might be, if I'm going out there and I'm, and I'm giving away something, I want to know how many did I give away, right? And maybe I want to measure what they did with it afterwards. I might mm -hmm. know something like that. So that's what I would do. I would be able to measure it, right? No matter what that is, figure out whatever that is for you yeah. and put some sort of metric to it, some sort of number or measurement to it. So you can tell like what the impact is. And then in my nature, I like to make things better all the time. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, well, how can I do double that? How can I yeah. do triple that? How can I improve that? Even if it's by 10%, how can I nudge it forward just a little bit better than I did yesterday? Yeah. So that's what I would do. No, I, I think there's a lot of room for that. And even when we look at a lot of the like sectoral reports on giving, mm. it often talks about just like top line revenue and there's so kind of a movement to be so desperate to show like how good giving is and how much it's growing that we've kind of ignored a lot of probably more accurate metrics of <coughs> if giving's actually growing, like the number of people who actually give, not just the dollar amount. Yep. And then actually the number of people giving is going down, even though yeah. the dollar amount's going up. So yeah. everyone's like high-fiving and, and, it, and it's it looks skewed because again, you don't know how you're getting exactly. that Exactly. So exactly even as, right. a, as yeah. a sector, we kind of yeah. fall prey to mm -hmm. the same kind of things where we're not looking at the right metric. And then we should have, alarm bell should have been ringing years ago saying like, there's less and less and less and less people giving. And it's yep. like, no, giving's growing, right? So even yeah. just at a sectoral level, there's a room for us to be more sophisticated with how we measure, let alone within fundraising, let alone within organizations, and let alone programs, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. And so that brings us back to really that forecasting answer. idea, right? Of being able to look forward and say, well, based on what we've done in the past, because people get caught up in that. Yeah. That's a pattern, right? You get caught up in the past, right. and you say, well, next week, we're gonna have 100 donors do 500 apiece, and that's what's gonna happen, because that's what happened last week. But next week, you get 50 donors doing 5,000. And so you, again, you're happy because more came in, but now you know it was different than how you expected right. it. So all of a sudden you go, oh, 
there was a little change. Like yeah, it's good, but yeah, 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 yeah. And you can start having those intelligent conversations way before that right. wave actually hits you now, because right. you can see that coming. Awesome. So uh, we'll obviously tell everyone about the course and when they can find it, but where can people find out more about you and all the amazing stuff that you're up to? Sure, just measurementmarketing.io. So it's a, it's a place to go for our website. We've got plenty of tools at measurementmarketing.io. Yeah, download them on the other day. Go there. Absolutely. I'm getting emails from you while you're presenting the course. <laughs> we'll like, how is he doing this? <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll be sure to send that out. Thank you so much for taking time to do the course with us, but also to have this little chat. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for having me. and I'm looking forward to it. Hi again, this is Brady, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to listen to all future episodes or maybe go back and listen to some of our past episodes, you can do so by going to generosityfreakshow.com or you can search The Generosity Freak Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, pretty much wherever you listen to your pods. And uh, if you have any questions or a suggested guest or maybe you yourself would like to come on the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at podcast at nextafter.com. That's podcast at nextafter.com. And if you want to find out more about this vision to unleash the most generous generation in the history of the world and what we're doing at Next After in terms of research, resources, and training, you can find out more at nextafter.com. That's nextafter.com. Thank you very much for listening. And finally, I have to say thank you to Nathan Hill, our producer and mixologist. This would not be possible without him. So thank you, Nathan. And thank you once again for listening. 